This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. As usual, I am joined by my co-host from Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, man? I'm uh, getting a little fired up, list Actually, right after we finish this, I'm going to have to do a shorter version this week. I'm heading to Oakland first for dinner and then to game five of the Warriors-Rockets. I know you don't follow the NBA much, but this is, you know, could be considered the finals. Uh, obviously, big, huge game. If they, if they lose, it could be the last game ever at Oracle. Looked like they were in control after 2-0 and definitely lost two games in Houston. Uh, frustratingly, but definitely legit. And uh, I'm worried, pumped up though, fired up to be there. And uh, yeah, that's what I got going on. What about yourself, man? Yeah, I really hope the Rockets win. Not only do I like the Rockets better and that cheap Durant signing is just gross and they should never have done it. And he definitely should have had been more of a real man and not done that, but just better for the league because if Houston wins, it's kind of, it's open season. I mean, like anybody could win if Houston wins. I think Houston's probably the only team, maybe Milwaukee or Toronto, but probably Houston's the only team that can take down the Warriors. So if if the Warriors win, it's kind of they're just going to roll. It's going to be super boring. But if Houston wins, you know what an exciting rest of the playoffs it could be. Yeah, I mean, obviously, most of the rest of the watching world is probably tired of watching the, the same team win over and over. But um, I'm just hoping one last stand here before the team that set the record for for uh, for wins and then signed like a top four best player in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People are real sick of that. <laughs> that team. Yeah. Hopefully one last stand here before Durant goes off to New York and Durant is absolutely balling right now, but it uh, should, should be a good game. We'll see. Uh, what was it? What's going on with you? Wasn't it your birthday? Since we've been, since we've been off. Yeah, it was my birthday last Friday. Yep. I'm now 48. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, man. Uh, crazy. Are you really that old? Time's time's flying by. It's crazy. Yeah, you're like as old as I was when you and I were going to the labor draft. Exactly. And you were getting blacked out and showing up late for your portion of the draft. I was the age you are now, basically then. I know, that's how to do a double take when you said your age. It's exactly right. That's a uh, man. It just seems like that was yesterday. And uh, yeah, a long time ago. That's uh, when Tim, we'll Tim, Linsicum, Tim Linscombe was winning Cy Young's. And yeah, that was an, a lifetime ago. Yeah, we'll be dead before you know it, man. This this shit is flying by. I mean, there's no doubt. But hopefully you before me so that I can get that 100 bucks because that's, <laughs> that's key. That'll, that'll be, I'll be able to rest in peace once I collect from you and Trevor Ray, despite being older than you guys. Well, I know you need the money. Didn't you lose some on the Kentucky Derby? I did. It was it was really stupid, but we, it was actually funny. Like we like doing this. We do a Kentucky Derby draft on XM and it's so funny because for years we talked gambling on XM and I kept getting in trouble. I kept getting like lectured about it and yelled at, and we don't do gambling on this channel and it's not a gambling channel. And now that the Supreme court overturned the ban 
federal ban against sports betting, XM's gone a hundred percent the other way. And they're like, we need to talk more gambling. So all these things we used to do are now like people are like encouraging us. So we're like, all right, fine. Let's do our Kentucky Derby draft. So we did the draft and I just figured the way to do, we used to just put in like five bucks each, but that's kind of boring because then it like, you know, everyone's just hoping to draft the favorites and nobody cares about getting the long shots. But the last couple of years and this year included, I said, why don't we just make the unit, the base unit a buck? And so like you win whatever your horse would have won for, uh, for win place and show, you just win whatever the odds are. And I thought usually, you know, a two to one or four to one favorite, there was no big, like two to one favorite this year, but four or five to one favorite usually wins at worst. And everyone gives you four bucks. And I actually had maximum security. And so I thought everyone was going to pay me four or five bucks or whatever it was. And then I see it gets overturned. I'm like, Oh, country house one. Okay. One of our producers won. And I'm like, what the fuck? 65 to one. I was like, I got to pay this dude. It was actually 66 point something. I had to pay that dude 66 bucks. Plus I pay Erickson like seven fifty for his, whoever, like whichever horse, uh, placed. And then, you know, someone else showed and I was at like 80 bucks on just a joke. I mean, the whole, the whole draft was a joke. The whole draft was just like us going, that's a tremendous pick in the fourth round. Right. We, don't know, we don't know anything. We're just like making up stuff about the names of the horses. And that, you know, that one of the producers won like 200 bucks. Yeah. And long shots like that don't typically win the Derby, whatever. That's one of the biggest long shots ever. So that's pretty crazy. Also, what's kind of crazy is I'm actually high school friends with uh, the Kentucky Derby winners, uh, the owner, the, his brother. So my high school friends, his brother is one of the owners of, of that winner, Country House. So that's pretty crazy. Not like super close with him anymore, anymore anything, but like I was on a, on a text message chain congratulating him and I'll see him at a bachelor party in July. So pretty crazy to be the, the brother of the owner of that, uh, that, that derby winner long shot. Also, let's have to say one of my Whoa, favorite, wait, 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 let's hold yeah. up. Let's hold up. That's some serious name dropping. So you're saying that I co-host the podcast with a friend of the brother of an <laughs> owner of a long shot horse that won Kentucky Derby. Dude, that is big time. Yeah, I know. I was, I heard Erickson name dropping on. Right. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. I mean, high school friends saw him up there on the podium holding, holding the thing and, the, and on NBC and high, winner of the Kentucky Derby. But thought it was kind of cool i wasn't really name dropping or anything but speaking of name dropping i did like your interview with paul laduca on xm last week about horses when he essentially just said uh, uh, i believe erickson asked him you know about all the deaths at uh, where is it santa anita where, where is it but he brushed he's like basically said there are two, who, who needs too many horses running around anyway but i, I don't have anything else to add but uh, i thought that was uh, one of my favorite segments uh, recently on your xm show yeah, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Though he's like literally just like, ah, who, who, you know, who, you know, <laughs> he was a little ice cold about it. Yeah, he's a light, yeah. he's a little ice cold about it. Yeah. I mean, it is. I, I don't know. I haven't really followed it, so I didn't want to get too deep into it. But I know a lot of horses died um, on the racetrack, and I don't know if it's because they're roiding them up or they're pushing them too hard, or the track is bad. I don't know what the what the real story is, but and it is sad. I mean, I love animals. You know, I, I really love animals. I love all animals, pretty much. But it isn't like one of the foremost issues of our time, you know. And it's it's obviously sad. But I, what do you think? Do you think horse racing is a cruel sport that we should stop, or do you think that it's just sort of like uh, he's sort of like ah, eh, we lose a couple. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't have a strong opinion on it. I I watch it and I bet on it three times a year, so I guess I'm guilty of, of that. So I don't, I don't have a, a strong. I actually really liked that David Milch show. I forgot what it was called on HBO, and they had to cancel the show because so many horses died uh, speaking of milch looking forward to that uh deadwood movie coming up but he just got alzheimer's which is pretty brutal i guess 
Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't have a strong opinion of that maybe I should. It is it is cruel and uh, there are a lot of deaths. But uh, I just thought Laduca, who's a, a funny dude, uh, his his reasoning was was, was pretty pretty hilarious. Well, anyway, you want to talk some baseball? Uh, you want to talk about your birthday? Did you do anything fun for it? Now, my birthday, Heather was out of town at this bachelorette party, which is absurd, but she was out of town. And so it was just Sasha and me. So we went out to Mexican food and we, it was good, you know, and the guy actually comped me at my meal, which is nice. We go there a decent amount and it's kind of expensive. I had a couple beers and a margarita. I probably shouldn't have been drinking that much with just my kid, but it was just three drinks. And, uh, and, you know, we ordered double guacamole. I said, you can have whatever you want. It's my birthday. So she ordered two, you know, we got two guacamoles, which she ate. She ate, we had two soups, we had tacos, we had a lot of stuff. And it was like 60 euros, like 70 bucks. And uh, he just comped the whole thing. I told him it was my birthday. Boom, he just said hello to us. And when he brought the check, it was a zero. So Pistola y Corazon, it is, it is an excellent Mexican restaurant. And he doesn't need my promotion. That place is, you got to get there early because it gets so packed. He's just like printing money, that guy, but, uh, guys from El Paso. So, um, he knows like, you know, real Mexican food he, and his, I think his partner's from Mexico city and, uh, that place would crush it in LA even, and it's in Lisbon. So like you can imagine like the Mexican, there's no competition for it. So he's just killing it. Um, we did that. We got a Gigant ice cream. Obviously I got the Gigant five scoops. And then, uh, you know, then I, I was supposed to take Sasha, the four seasons brunch. It's like, it's really expensive. It's like 65 euros a person for brunch buffet, but kids are half price. And it's like this treat once in a while we do. And they got every, you know, they've got like sashimi oysters, all this stuff. She just eats the sushi. She's like super into sushi, but we had to cancel that because we had to go to our British friend's house, uh, up the coast. Cause he invited us for the day. And it was like, kind of babysitting because he has a daughter who's her, her age. That's how we know him. And so we had to cancel the brunch. So then I had to take her out to sushi the night before the Mexican expensive sushi, which was actually really good too, just so she wouldn't like go ballistic once I had like promised the four seasons for her and then mm-hmm. taken it away. So, you know, I don't know. It's not, it's not that exciting, but uh, basically hung out with my daughter. That's the only person who's still there for me at this point in my life. Are the restaurants there just pretty legit? Uh, you know, I would say that Portuguese traditional food, I don't love that much. There's just one seafood rice. It's better than paella cause it's not so dry. It's like, you know, broth, it's in sort of a, a fish broth and tomatoey and got all the seafood in it. It's just really, really good. I heard What's you that? actually, I heard you bring that food up, um, on the food draft and the Yahoo pod with P and L. Um, I think you, you mentioned that I, I've not heard of that. So that's interesting. Well, well done on that food draft, by the way, you, you came away, if I'm not mistaken, tacos and rack of lamb. I love, um, only thing I could think of is both of you guys, what you had five picks each and, uh, no burger. Um, I know I'm, I mean, I, I, whatever foodie or not foodie, um, essential man, even, even personally, I, I feel like you would always order that in front of me, even if you take off the, the bun or whatever, but man, a burger, Sometimes to me it's just uh, even the, the older I get, I feel like this is more reliable than a steak even. Yeah, that's it's true. I mean, I didn't. Someone scolded me on Twitter for not picking sushi, which yeah, high quality sushi one. is is really good, and yeah. you know, and and, and I, I could see that. I, I I think the burger sushi would all be good. I mean, I I kind of screwed up because for some reason I didn't realize I didn't think Pianowski. And by the way, we're talking about Scott Pianowski's Yahoo Sports podcast, which is well worth a listen. And I was on it on uh, Monday. Uh, and we did a food draft just to sort of fill people in. And I, you know, like normally I'd probably take steak first, but I was like, Pino's not really a steak guy. They pasta pizza and that's what he took. Yeah. 
uh, I didn't, I didn't think he'd take steak first. So I took tacos cause I really love tacos. And I thought, you know, maybe he would take tacos and then he took steak and I kind of felt like Dave Gettleman. Like I was like, Oh, <laughs> maybe that, maybe my pick would have been there later. And I kind of screwed it up, but I still, I came back with lamb just you know, make sure I wasn't like frozen out completely. And then, you know, I got a lot of other good things. So you can listen to that pod to, to get all the details, but sushi, I left out burger. We left out. I got gelato, which I felt was, I think that won it for me actually, despite my uh, misread of the room initially, but yeah, it was, it was a fun uh, podcast to, to be on. Yeah, no, it was a fun listen for sure. Um, I also like myself duck, but maybe that's too, uh, too gamey for, people have my eye on that at this restaurant to hit up i like duck but in oakland i like duck but i just so rarely would order it over a steak or lamb or venison or you know just even you know some sort of seafood rice something with you know very you know just i would just duck would just be low on my list you know whenever i see it i have a hard time not ordering it but lamb lamb's way up there too um all right baseball man how's uh how's how's your team's doing any any better so you know, they're, they're a tiny bit better, but yesterday, you know, I wake Yeah. I've said this before. I think I've maybe just talked about this on the XM show, but you know, you guys like get your baseball news and dribs and drabs. Like you, you're watching the box scores, you know, until kind of the games end, especially on the West coast. But for me, I go to bed in like the second or third inning and I wake up and I find out all at once I binge it. And almost every day I wake up and I'm like, all right, you know what happened? And I'm like, Oh fuck, really? Another O for four. Really? Why isn't this guy hitting? You know, what's going on? And I woke up this morning and I've Justin Turner in like three or four leagues. I just traded for him and won three home runs in the main event. I started Giolito on a hunch. Boom. Great outing. Ryu, great outing. So it was like pretty good. Chris Bryant home run. You know, he's been struggling have him in three leagues. So it was the first good morning that I woke up. Although Brazer got, Sheldon is on the ropes now. So that's, that wasn't great, but it was nice. It was nice to wake up and get some of my guys hitting and I'm still, you know, pretty far out. I'm, I think I'm in like 11th place in the main event, but I finally cracked 70 points in that league. And you know, it's a long, I still have a lot of climbing to do, but I'm not as like, there's no, I'm still very far down in, in the offensive categories other than steel. So it's, it's going to be a steep climb, but it doesn't feel quite as insurmountable as it did yesterday. Nice. I have a lot of Justin Turner myself. Uh, main event, uh, man, I lost to Carlos Rodon, Steven Matz, and Juan Soto recent to go along with other disasters like Malik Smith, Cody Allen. I, I swear I drafted five relievers that all did nothing. Cole Tucker. And I'm somehow in third place still in that team main event right now. And I, my, Mike Fires, I picked up Mike Fires and he threw a no hitter last night. So that was, that was pretty sick. I, I used him. Yeah, I used him. Yeah, I had him going last night. In the That's cr- you wouldn't have used yeah. him if Matt, you wouldn't have even done that if Matt's were held. Like it was just because Matt's was out that you had to do that. And Rodon got hurt and yeah. there's no way they would have thrown a no hitter. You know, it's yeah. good for the whip. Yeah. I want, I want to talk quickly about our ongoing debate about whether you should go all hitting or sure. get the aces. Cause I think it's, it's getting really like twists and turns to this debate actually, as the year goes on. Okay. Let's talk about it. So, if you look at it, like a lot of the aces are just bad. I mean, they're, they're getting strikeouts. Like if you look at the strikeout leaders, it's pretty strong. If you look at the ERA leaders, it's not. And I'd still feel pretty good about Scherzer and Cole, even though the ERAs aren't great. And Scherzer only has one win, but that's also part of the volatility of pitching is that wins are so team dependent that you're sort of, it's a category that you, you know, you can't totally control. But the other weird thing is we looked at the early hitters and they weren't good either. 
Like Trout's like, okay. Right. You know, he's doing okay. He's not doing amazing. Betts, not very good. JD Martinez has got like five home runs. The only hitter that's going crazy in the first round is Yelich. He's the only one. And the second round, there's Javi Baez. He's been doing pretty well. That's like one of the best. But there's not a whole lot of second round hitters that are going crazy. And then like the third, fourth round, you have Bellinger. But a lot of the guys going crazy are just kind of random. Yeah, it's just be. as random almost for the hitting as it is the pitching. And so it's weird because you'd think, okay, the pitching's been so random. Look at all these like Luis Castillos and Matt Boyds and you know Tyler Glasnows and all these guys that are killing it better than the aces. But the hitting is the same thing. And so I was talking to Jeff about this, and I was like, well, I'm really curious to see how this plays out in the next couple of months because – it's it's as though let's say baseball instead of juicing the ball, just put the fences like halfway between the infield and the fence. So they just like move the you know midway through the outfield they put the fences so they were like 230 feet or something from home plate. Would you still draft Joey Gallo very high in that type of game because Gallo is one of the guys that's actually doing well? But just for example, would you still draft Stanton and Judge because you don't wouldn't really matter if you're Judge or Stanton or Melky Cabrera or Jock Peterson or whoever, if the fences are 250 feet away, right? I mean, make no difference. Right. So, to the, so if you take an extreme example and you say, well, you would just change the game to the point where it would be almost random who hit the most home runs. It would just be whoever hit the most fly balls basically because the, you know, fly balls basically out of the park and, it, and it would just completely level the field for both hitters and the pitchers, the best ones, the strikeout guys would still do the best but there'd be so much variance because anytime they gave up even a, you know, just a little ball in the air, it would go, it would go out. So it's not there. The fences aren't there. It's as if they moved the fences in 20 feet, not a hundred feet, but it's along the spectrum of that. And so I kind of feel like what's happening is that we've just changed the game into a different game. And so more random players, it, it's only been a month, but are good at it. Than, than we would think for the game that we know, the game that's you know based on traditional parameters, wherein being Gallo or Judge or Stanton makes a huge difference when you get the ball in the air. And if you're somebody else, you're flying out and getting the ball in the air, not doing you a lot of good, you want to hit line drives. It's just a different game. So it's almost like we pick these guys and it's, it's like it's random almost. Yeah, and I see no reasoning behind why the st- slow starters are off to slow starts, like the pitchers aren't getting more injured or whatever doesn't seem like to me or and same goes for the hitters. It totally seems random. So that's a fair argument. Uh, certainly speaks to how my teams have done. Generally, I feel like, Oh, I'm so glad that I've avoided all these landmines these starting pitchers. Then why, why aren't I dominating? Why aren't I balling more? I'm certainly not. So it's because I have mostly the wrong, uh, hitters and these other, cause a lot, because they've been just as fluky, the early ones. It's a great point. It's a good counter. So maybe there isn't really, an answer key at all as far as strategy. Right. I, I think, you know, your hitters will get going. Most of them. And, and my slow ones will get going. Turner just hit the home runs. I think Puig will get going. I think a lot of these guys, most of them will get going. It's just that I think we're in an environment where pretty much anybody can go nuts. So your advantage of being like, Oh, I've got this hitter. He's going nuts. But like, yeah, so does like 20 other people have these random hitters going nuts. And then it's, so it's like, well, okay, my guy hit 39 home runs this year. Yeah, but this random scrub hit 32. Yeah. And we're sort of just in this in this thing where it's like it's just a different game. The the baselines for the various categories have completely been moved without us knowing. 
I'm, still, I'm still biased too. I'm like, I'm not picking up Tommy Listella, you know, that guy's a scrub, you know, but I guess, you know, you miss out on some homers. Yeah. And I mean, maybe he sustains it, maybe he doesn't, but there's just too many guys doing well that have no business doing this well. And it's, I think that we're just, it's like, look at the Rays lineup. Like the Rays will probably make the playoffs. Just, it doesn't really matter. They just, Oh, Yandy Diaz. Suddenly that's a great pickup. And all these players, they just add to the team. It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Anybody can hit in this era. You know, it's like Yankees, everybody gets hurt. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they put out there. You know, everybody hits home runs now. What does it matter if, if they have Judge and Stanton? They don't need Judge and Stanton. Their backups are hitting home runs. Yeah, no, for sure. The Yeah, the Rays are the sixth best WRC plus. I mean, who would have thought that uh, with that, that roster? And yeah, the Yankees right behind them at seven, and they have so many injuries. Crazy. That team, crazy. All the injuries. Um, the, the Yankees are really, there's something going on because it's something, they don't just have injuries. They have Paxton Severino. Okay. Those are like two 99 mile an hour throwing aces. Then they have Batances, the best reliever in baseball the last four years. Then they have Stanton and judge arguably, probably if you looked at the preseason home run Vegas odds, those guys are probably one and two or one and three, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like the two highest odds of hitting home runs. Then they lost a, 25 to 30 home run hitting shortstop and Gregorius. They lost Andujar who had 27 home runs and batted like 300 as a rookie. They lost Aaron Harry Sanchez on a DL for a week. Who's like the best home run hitting catcher Aaron uh, in baseball. They lost Frazier who came, you know, at, who was raking as a, as a backup for a couple of weeks. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Greg bird, Aaron Hicks. Um, it keeps going on and yeah, on. Aaron Hicks. They just yeah. signed to a $77 million deal. He's like one of their best on base and defenders. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible how many of you guys have lost. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, well, we'll talk real quick about our, um, our league of leagues team, uh, who I, I use Pedro stroke for the first time. I can think all year. So annoying. He gets a three runs on Monday or Tuesday and then the DL today pretty annoying, but uh, I switched our team name up on it to uh, reflect this podcast. We're now officially a real man wood leading by 10 points, nice. leading by 10 points. It was a little misleading because it's a three sport league and we punted hoops, but I hammered hitters in the NFL. I just wanted to quickly go over our pitching staff to alert you who we have in a, again, a 14 okay. team baseball league that I did not draft starters early whatsoever. Although you did give me a hard time for drafting Jose Barrios. And I said, I, I know I did it. All right, so here's here's our 14 team league. Went crazy on hitters in the NFL. Okay, uh, Jose Barrios, uh, Edwin Diaz, Chris Paddock, uh, Paddock. G- Rio, Rio, Matthew yep. Boyd, Matthew Boyd. Right. No wonder Caleb, we're in first. Caleb Smith. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Mike Soroka, uh, Mike Miner. You know, good Mike Miner's been. Uh, Mike Miner is is yeah. dealing. Yeah, and, and I and and Mike Soroka. And, um, uh-huh. and I picked up Griffin canning too. I dropped Porcello just cause it's like no bench spots and, and yeah. J Hap and, and stroke whatever too. But how ridiculous is that for, for just, I mean, that's, it's that's ridiculous, but you couldn't get Tyler glass now. Yeah, I know. I know. Scrub. You must Where's Luis Castillo on that team. Yeah, I know. I couldn't get absolutely. Every you suck. You did a terrible yeah. job. Yeah. That that's, no, that's pretty nice. good. That's pretty good. That's good work. That's good work. I felt like, uh, that one, that but, how, but how, how terrible is it that that's the team you did it for? I mean, it's fine. It's great for me, but like, what if you did that for your NFBC main team? Yeah, I know. I wish, I wish that's, that, that's, that's pretty crazy. But, um, 
what uh what else are they going to bring up here oh uh, one thing i heard you uh heard you guys talk about i wanted to ask uh you kind of said that uh i think both on xam and on the the pnl pod about how you, you'd give about a 50 50 chance of vlad versus nick senzel i definitely even going to call him senzel um from here on out fantasy value is that true yeah i gave vlad a slight edge like 55 45 but I think it's close to 50, 50. I mean, first, no, not from here on out when we include the entire body of work. So, so Senzel gets his couple of steals and three home runs too. And Vlad gets his like one fifty average for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. That one raised an eyebrow, I guess with those bank stats, but um, man, I actually have Senzel in, in my home league, put him in this league. I was fired up, but I, I guess he's hitting lead off now. And Vlad, he's even out of tonight's lineup, but to me, that's that's overrating a couple of weeks. I mean, this is a crazy once in a generational prospect versus a no decent one. I mean, we're, I, but I we're just it. talking about the next. We're talking about five months sample. Senzel is older, so he's closer to his peak, and he steals bases, which Guerrero does not. He's in a much better lineup. He's in probably a better park, and he's already banged three home runs and a steal. Yeah, maybe two steals. I don't know how many. One or two. And Vlad's banked a really bad batting average for a week. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you can give it more than. I mean, I still made Vlad the favorite despite all that, but I don't think I, you could give it more than like fifty-five percent. I mean, how big of a favorite would you make Vlad, including the bank stats? Like seventy-five or something like that. Really? I'll yeah. tell you what. I got Senzel in two and, and Vlad in one leg. I will. I'll do sixty-five thirty-five bet. Meet in the middle. So your 65 against my 35. Yeah. Better end of season stats. And if it's like kind of close, we'll just call it a wash. If it's like yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. I like that for sure. Okay. So you win 35. We've got to email yeah. this cause we won't remember. Yeah. You win 35. If Vlad year end does better than Senzel and I win 65. If Senzel does better than Vlad. Yep. Right, because you said seventy-five, I said fifty-five. Sixty-five it's is right perfect. down the middle. It's perfect. Yeah, it's, right. it's done. Yeah, done, 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 and done. I'll, I wrote it down. I'll email after. I hope Vlad does well. I mean, I think he could. It's just, you know, he's got a lot of things working against him. Yeah, well, that, that should be a fun one to follow. Um, I hope Senzel does well as well. But um, that one I just uh, took note of. But um, anything else you want to talk with uh, with baseball? It's a, it sounds like both of our uh, our squads are starting to go in the right direction a little bit, at least. Turner three homers was pretty sick, man. It, it was uh, late. So a lot of people probably didn't see it. That and fires, not only fires was West coast last night, but it was after a, like a 90 minute delay for um, lighting the game before that, the reds were delayed with like bees swarming in the giants game. Super weird. But that, that didn't happen to really late. Not that it matters for where you are. You're always asleep during all this, but um, yeah. Anyway, any other thoughts? No, I probably do, but uh, I've, I've <laughs> talked out on baseball on XM anyway. All right, fair enough. You have any thoughts on your boy uh, uh, Pierre Paul? Man, fracturing his neck possibly in a one-car accident. I mean, it's after a guy blowing out his hand on Fourth of July, just horrible. Yeah, Rudy Gamble tweeted out something like he said it's like he's the one player that's more dangerous from off the field than on the field. He's like the only player in NFL history that's right. And uh, it's sad. I I really like that guy. You know, my favorite player ever is Lawrence Taylor, and then Odell Beckham was my probably my second favorite player ever. And I, now Barkley is like my second favorite player. I still love Odell. I'm still rooting for him for the Browns. But, uh, but you know, Jason Pierre-Paul is like top 10. I mean, he was just a, such a monster at his peak before he blew out his hand, blew up his hand. He, he was not only, first of all, he was excellent against the run. There, there's a video of him when he was a rookie 
doing these backflips. He does like 25 backflips in a row. This guy weighs 275 pounds. Yeah. And he's six foot six and he's just doing these flips like a gymnast, like one after another. It's just the guy was like the sickest athlete ever. And his arms are like super long and he was a beast against the run too. Most defensive ends aren't really, right. you know, they're mostly just pass rushers. He was you know, unstoppable in the pass rush and a total beast against the run. And, uh, like a jolly goofy dude. And, uh, it's, it's sad that, the, you know, both of these things that happened to him are sad. Yeah, no, definitely sucks. Um, any, uh, all right, definitely neat coming to you. Episode four thoughts on game of Thrones. Support for this podcast comes from us bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U S bank visa platinum card is nerd wallets. 2021 best of awards winner for best 0% intro APR and balance transfer credit card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Uh, it was so, it's beneath me. It's beneath my review. Like, <laughs> you know, I just like, it's, it's so farcical. It's like, oh, well, I mean, what did you think when Tyrion just walked up and was like, she's just going to, your children, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, yeah, that's going to work. Great idea. And why did they just kill him at that point? Like they're letting him just going to walk away and then fight a war and be an advisor. Is he that dumb of an advisor now these days that they're like, yeah, we could kill him, but he actually will probably do more damage alive by advising the war. What what is there? Some rule that why wouldn't they just kill all of them? They, they, you know, they should have just shot uh, Daenerys too. It's just the whole thing is, is just such, it's like a weird. And then the whole thing with, uh, what's her name? Brienne. And now she's like in love with the dude. And now like it's, Oh, that's what she's about. Like she's a, like for like six seasons, she's this like night. She's like fights to the death. She beats the hound. But really all she wanted to do was she was just in love with that dude. That's the real truth about her character. Like this, what the, what is going on here? It's like every character is like completely. And what's up with Braun? He comes in, he's like threatening to murder them. And they're like, yeah, you could have a castle. Well, yeah, I mean, how, dude, how that's under duress. They, they're, not, they're not going to have to pay off that castle. They'll just be like, no, have that guy chop his head off. Like, he put a, a crossbow to my neck. Of course I said whatever I had to say. Uh, right, I the, know. The, it's yeah. just getting so dumb. Like, what what the fuck? He just perfectly finds them sitting there by themselves, and then, oh, because you, you agree to this plan in which I have a crossbow at your neck, then everything's all good. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Jamie and, and Brianne were kind of a thing for a while, but anyway, go ahead. What? It, it just ruined the whole character. It's like... And then, and then, and then secondly, I mean, yeah, Bron, he's like, and I'll, if you don't pay, you know, I know I'm, I can still do some killing. I can find you. It's like, come on, really? It's just, the thing is just, there's no basis for anything. And also like somebody who's tweeted this out, like for all the generals and everybody there, they didn't get a whole lot of Intel on like what kind of weapons the uh, other side had. They just like went over there and like, just, they didn't scout them. They didn't figure out anything. They don't have any spies. Like, I don't know. The whole thing was just ridiculous. It's just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just totally random. And the, you know, the first six seasons were carefully crafted. Anyway, I just, I just went against my, uh, 
Well, where I said it's beneath me, and I'm, I'm proceeding to uh, critique it. It's beneath me. It's just a soap opera now. I'll probably just watch it. Heather's pissed at me. She's like, just don't watch it if you're going to be so annoyed with it. I'm like, but you got this. Sorry, there's two left. Come on, you got two left. Yeah, I'm going to finish it. Yeah. She's just pissed because she is ruining it for her. I don't know. I think in her heart of hearts, she knows it's bad. Yeah, you love and hate it. No, you you would definitely be annoying my wife too, critical of, of every of everything. But I, I can't really argue with anything you just said. And uh, a nice segue to me watching Avengers Endgame over the weekend. Um, nice setup, you know, getting tickets in advance and uh, nice seats. But man, three hours uh, for someone who hadn't watched many of the the ones preceding it. Entertaining, whatever. It's just not my my thing. You know, Matthew Barry was in this movie. I I heard he made a cameo, but. He's like on screen for like 30 seconds or something. That movie is like breaking the Titanic's record for most uh, money ever. So, so that, that's kind of wow. crazy, but, um, that's a anyway. pretty big, that's kind of a big thing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty like, funny. Yeah. I guess he's like friends with, with director or something, but yeah, that's he's like on crazy. screen for, I'd say a full, that's pretty crazy. Movie. Um, if it's like a, some cop or something, but anyway, the movie, whatever, it's not, not does he, have, does he say anything? No, he doesn't. I don't believe he has a speaking line, but he's like right there when a key character's on the ground hurting and he's like this cop, like it's focused pretty much in on him for like 30 seconds. Like it's definitely more than I thought, like him, like a background guy or something, but I don't think a speaking role, but I, I'd be it's pretty, it's pretty cool for him though. Especially I think he's like yeah. into that stuff. But uh, anyway, that I, not, not for me that, that, that but the movie sucked though. It yeah, wasn't, I mean, you're saying it wasn't Barry's fault, but it sucked. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. I got saying. And, it uh, sucked. I like you don't, you don't want to, you don't, you don't recommend it to me. No, absolutely not. No, no. I just gave it a try last I just, month. Why do people get into that shit? You know, it, it's just, you know, we're not the demographic for it, right? It's for like teenagers, right? Yeah. I just wanted like, I, I had a group of people that I knew wanted to see it and, uh, it's the last one and, uh, I still regret it. I mean, it was three hours is a long time and it was, uh, not, not for me whatsoever. No, I definitely not recommend that, but it's not time well spent. Yeah, I do recommend DVR in Jeopardy still, though, because the guy I brought up two weeks ago is still balling out of control. Although right now there's some like teacher's tournament for two weeks. Uh, so he's not on. But that guy just continues to kill it. And uh, I believe he continues to average more than the previous single game high. They bumped. He has like the top 17 now. The guy who previously held the record is like, like 18th or something. It's pretty funny. One person doing that. But um uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have. I don't really have any like thoughts political either. I tried to think and I didn't really, didn't, nothing really this week for me. Um, thinking all warriors all the time, but, um, what about yourself, Liz? You got anything? I have a thought that I don't know if it's fully baked. I mean, I don't mean that I've smoked marijuana before I came up with this. I'm just not sure it's fully developed, but, um, and, and we talked about it a little bit before, but it's the idea and it's, it's coming out like in the, I just see it everywhere, but basically utilitarianism, the idea of we, the end justifies the means because the, the end, which is the greatest good for the greatest number justifies, you know, some sort of compromise, some sort of suffering of, on a smaller number, some sort of rule breaking or impropriety on a lower level is justified by the end. And that's utilitarianism or it might not be the perfect way of ex- explaining it, but it's, it's the way it works in practice. So people think, well, you know, it's okay to spy on a campaign if you think that campaign is an extreme danger to the Republic, things like that. It's utilitarian. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, we shouldn't be spying on this campaign or, you know, using fake news to basically to spy on them and to make sure that, or to entrap them. But 
if this guy gets elected, it's going to be really dangerous for everybody. So we have to do it. That kind of reasoning is incredibly short-sighted and dangerous. And it's also this type of reasoning of every tyrant, right? Everything, a tyrant is always justifying what they do because there's some greater horror out there. You know, we must sacrifice our rights because terrorism, security, we must, you know, sorry, we have to put you in a, in a cage without any due process because security, we have to drone murder some people because, you know, it's too dangerous if we don't. All these things that normally there's rules and there's principles and there's regulations go out the window because of fear. And I don't want to get into some of the more controversial ones, but it's everywhere you look, whatever your personal rights are, we don't care because we fear X. X is bigger than you, so you must do it. You must give up this right. We're allowed to do whatever we want to you because, sorry, we know it's not ideal, but this bigger thing is at stake. That's utilitarianism. And everybody who I think is really responsible for the ills, and it's not on one side or another, that's their basic framework. And you see how easily they can be manipulated because the thing that's fearful or important, you know, or, or, or that, you know, justifies, you know, the end that justifies anything can be whatever you say it is. It can be anything you decide is so fearful. ISIS. ISIS can justify cavity searching everyone at the airport because ISIS. Whatever that fear is, you think it's the be-all, end-all. And the more just way I see people behaving and reacting to things, they think, well, yeah, they don't have principles. The opposite of this is principles, right? You have principles. You say, you know, you just don't you don't spy on us citizens or a campaign take away someone's rights or force them to do something or advocate for that yeah not unless anything that's why those rights exist rights don't exist when it's easy right do you, do you think this all started or got amplified with the patriot act and like 911 and all that i think that's a great example of this exact thing i'm talking about they were basically like all these things, you know, authorization of military force, and you know, we don't need permission to just launch military adventures. We don't need permission from Congress anymore. It was like terror, like fighting terrorism became this thing. The war on drugs gave them a license to lock up so many people. All these ends justify these horrible means, and in the end, you realize, wait, this end was stupid. You know, it wasn't even it. It, it made things worse, and but at the time, everybody thinks it's so important, you know, so or or they pretend it's important. So yeah, exactly. These rights are there for a reason. And I feel like, you know, these are sort of basic things, but it goes well beyond that. Think about all the fascism, and I call it fascism, forcing people to do things against their rights because of this scary thing that's afoot. And it's the utilitarian mindset. The utilitarian mindset is a fascist mindset. It's whatever we have to do is justified by this great fear. And I just see it just throughout. It's, it's the same reason people cheer for their side and thinks the other side is doing something horrible and then their side does it and they ignore it. It's like, oh, when we did it, it was justified because we're on the good team. But when they did it, it was, you know, they need to go to jail for this. Yeah. Anyway, I'm rambling on a bit, but you get my point. It's just, it's just something that I just see it in so many people, people I know, just the reasoning about stuff. You know, the, the Kantian principle, act only on that maxim you would, you would will to be a universal law. Treat everyone as an end in themselves. These are principles rather than utilitarian constructs. Totally. Makes sense. All right, man. Your, anyway. call, recorder, your call recorder died. Um, I got a Warriors game to, to get off to. Wish me luck. And, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. I don't. I don't. I'm rooting against you, but I hope you have a good time.
I'll just oh, say that. that. I appreciate that. I'll be having a nice meal. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some uh, some duck leg, but I appreciate that, man. Uh, all right, Liz, good stuff. All right, man, take it easy. I'll talk to you later. Later, Liz.